welcome to the How Great Events Happen podcast. I'm Cody. And I'm Brooke, and we're coming to you today from our respective home offices in Portland, Oregon. Things are changing faster than ever in the events industry, so we reached out to some experts to help give us insights into what event professionals are doing to quickly pivot their event strategies. Today, we have Allison Wade, president of TechWell, to get her insights about the current events landscape. She has amazing tips and tricks for executing an engaging virtual event. And Cody, she had amazing, fantastic tips on how to use technology as well. Yeah, she sure did. So let's get to our conversation with Allison. All right, Allison, thank you so much for joining the podcast. I'm going to go ahead and just dive right in and ask, can you give us a little bit of background on how you ended up at TechWell? Thanks so much, Cody. I am thrilled to be here. And yes, I can. I have a very long history um, starting in the events events world. Um, I was actually a preschool teacher, believe it or not. That's how I started out my career. Uh, And then I quickly realized as much as I loved kids, I loved the business world a lot more. So I moved into the business world and started planning events, uh, initially in the tourism industry, where I planned these huge events for big clients like the, the Mexican um, government tourist office. Um, but that led me towards technology because early on in that career path, I was involved in building and developing a system that was called a perfect match and it matched up buyers and sellers um, in the tourism industry. And I worked on that for years. And I really discovered um, sort of by default that I had this love of technology and what I was going to do with that. And then when I heard about um, TechWell, I, I joined TechWell a long time ago um, when I was five in, <laughs> in uh, 1995. Um, and so I've been doing this for a really long time. So I've just been learning about the industry, learning about the problems of building software. Um, and just like I said, I had a real love for it and have been doing it ever since. I love that. From preschool teacher to planner extraordinaire. That's right. I play well with others. (laughs) (laughs) I love that. And we hear you had this monumental task. You actually converted what was going to be a physical event to a virtual event in just 10 days, which kind of blows my mind. What was going through your mind? What steps did you even take to get there? Well, the first thing we thought about is how can we do what we do in the flesh and make it into a virtual environment? We were, you know, truly overwhelmed at making this decision. It was probably one of the hardest decisions we ever had to make, Um, but we realized there was no turning back. Um, We were kind of halfway through the registration with our event. We had all of our sponsors signed up and we just said, how can we make what we do in the flesh Um, you know, come to life in virtual? And then how can we provide the same education and solutions that we normally provide for our people? Because that's why they come to our events and they've been coming for 29 years. So it's a really long time. Um, How can we provide that same experience for them? How can we give our sponsors the opportunity to connect? Because the world is going on while all of this other things are going on. Um, They still want to meet people. They still want to talk to people. Still, people still want to find solutions. And then we had this amazing lineup of speakers and experts, and we wanted them to have the opportunity to deliver the, you know, the wisdom and knowledge that they have to our audience. So it was just, how can we do this? So Allison, you also mentioned that you had this in-person event for 29 years, which is such a long time. And you had it in person every single year for every single one of those years. And you even made it through certain crises like September 11th and the Great Recession in 2008, 2009. 
that blows my mind. Like, what are some of the things that you had to consider when transitioning such a long-standing event like that to virtual? Yeah, we have seen a lot of crises in our in our 29 years, that is for sure. And we have been running this event since 1991. So next year will be our 30th year. Um, and it, it was, you know, truly, like I said, it was, you know, shocking and heartbreaking at first, but we have been through difficult times before. Uh, September 11th was definitely one of those. Um, and we had an event about a month and a half after September 11th. But I think the thing about that was it was very much a place in time and it had a, obviously a very definitive ending. And even though there was a lot going on in the world, I think that people wanted to move on and get back to life fairly quickly. Um, and so that made a, a different, it, it definitely had an impact on that one event. It was a huge impact, but life got back to normal quickly. Um, recessions have come and gone. In 2008, we saw a huge financial crisis, particularly in the, the housing industry and some sectors of the finance, financial world. And that affected those industries. And we saw certain segments of certain industries fall off. And so people couldn't get travel budgets, but it wasn't everybody. And we still kept going through that. But this one has touched everybody's life. I don't think there's a person I know or a business I know or a person I know that this hasn't just affected them. You know, I say mentally, uh, spiritually and financially, every person from no matter what your job is and no matter what you do, um, they're dealing with, you know, families that are at home working alongside them that wouldn't normally be there, children out of school, loss of income. Um, so this was definitely one of the biggest challenges we've ever had. Yeah, I can imagine. We're all struggling, uh, some more than others. It's, it's definitely been a pivot, not even to how we're treating events, but just, you know, how we're staying in touch with our coworkers and our families and our friends and just supporting one another. Um, and I know that when we've talked before, you've mentioned you using Agile to work efficiently. For our audience, can you tell them a little bit more about what Agile is and how that helps you stay organized, especially when you're planning these events? Yeah, we use an Agile uh, principles and Agile methodology. And actually, um, Coveros, which is our parent company, we actually teach other companies how to do this. And we run a conference on Agile and DevOps. So uh, this is very much in our daily lives. It's something we do all the time. We're out there in Fortune 500 companies working alongside their engineers, their development teams, um, working in testing and transformation. And so our staff is working alongside um, other companies all day long modeling this behavior for them. We have coaches who are pairing and mentoring with people to accelerate their improvement processes. So on the technical side of our business, when we joined with Coveros, um, we adopted agile uh, principles and practices to work every single day. And that allowed us to move really quickly and to pivot from the physical event and one of the first principles of Agile is just to welcome change. And we had to do that in a really big way, as you can imagine. Um, but many of the other Agile principles, things like transparency, like daily standups, um, you know, planning out, but not planning out to the, to the degree of, of craziness, but planning, writing the correct sort of stories um, that are going to get your teams working together, self-organizing teams. There's a lot of Agile principles that we use on a daily basis. Yeah, I love that. I feel like it's having anything that's really going to help you out, especially when you're now that we're all working from home is going to be super critical. Um, but one of the things that I do love about TechWell is that you guys have been working from home for since way before this has been going on. Um, you guys have really adopted a virtual methodology. 
Can you give any of our listeners advice on um, you know, how to stay efficient when working from home? I think that's a really important subject right now. Yeah, absolutely. So Techwell, both Techwell and Coveras, before we joined together, we were both fully virtual companies. And so, so this doesn't feel a lot different for me to any other day of the week, except that I have, you know, school children who are at home and I have my husband who's a mental health counselor who's counseling people from home. So we suddenly have this huge uh, workforce in, in my, my house. So we're all sort of fighting for our own spaces and our own resources. Um, but our daily teams uh, have worked together very efficiently virtually for a very long time. And I think we feel like it's something that makes us more efficient rather than less efficient. And I think our, our employees really appreciate it because they don't have to use time to commute. And that the time that you would spend in the daytime just sort of, it gets kind of wasted away. Um, you know, there's things like the water cooler talk, which you think that you will miss a lot, but you don't. And we've found other ways to get around that. Let me tell you that. So um, we use very, a lot of different tools. Uh, we use things like Jira, uh, Trello, um, and a number of great free online tools to use for brainstorming sessions. Um, and then there's something that we probably couldn't live without, and that is Slack. We talk over Slack all day long, and I guess that's what we would call our water cooler kind of chat. We have a channel called Random, and people just post random thoughts and funny jokes. We have a, a children and family, so people can post pictures of their kids and their family. And then we, of course, have our serious business channels as well. So you know, this is going on all day long. So it really just feels like you're leaning around the corner of the cubicle and, and talking to someone else. So for us, it's very integrated. Integrated. Um, and we use, you know, following agile practices, we have daily regular standups and we do that in our product teams. And then we do that across product teams as well for different groups when we're working on specific projects. So those daily standups for people not, you know, familiar with standups is basically just getting together saying what I did today. Yeah. Um, what I did yesterday, you know, what I'm planning to do today and what impediments do I have that I need help with. And um, this helps keep everybody, you know, the communication open and people feel like they know, I think, having worked in a non-agile environment, an agile environment, I would say that I feel like I know more of what's going on because people tend to stay in their silo and their, you know, the marketing teams are meeting or the, you know, product teams are meeting, but they're not, there's not a lot of cross communication. And this just really allows for, a, you know, huge amount of cross communication. I love so the that's Slack what's comment, Allison. I actually kind of Googled when you said that, especially the water cooler, because there's just something about Slack that really oh, lets yeah. you still connect with people. Um, right now, I think, see that we're sharing recipes and, and oh, things. We yeah. have this, like a whole, whole chain on that. Yeah. Perfect. Um, and if, in fact, with the standups too, Cody and I meet with our team every day and do a standup for the podcast. Shout out to Yulise, who's really the mind behind all this, but it is really effective even when we're not in the same office. Yes, absolutely. I, I really think that, you know, I believe that, um, you know, you can be just as effective, if not more in a transparent, uh, in a, in transparent, in a, a virtual team. You know, there are some things that are, you know, still great to do face to face, but I think, you know, it's probably like the 80, 20 rule, you know, 80% of the time we can be virtual and then 20% of the time it's great to be face to face. So we do still have lunch meetups and things like that when time permits um, to do those sorts of things as well. So we get to see each other face to face. Yeah. Looking forward to those days. I'm sure. <laughs> Another subject that I hear come up all the time is virtual events. I mean, virtual events are where it's at right now. And, and, and in your experience, what are some of the innovative things you've discovered that virtual event software can do that really complements what kind of like registration experience you currently have set up? 
Well, I think that, you know, we were in a very unique position. Like I said, we were sort of halfway through our registration process and a lot of our people are signing up on Cvent. We use Cvent all the time and love the product. It's our back end for all the registrations. Um, we'd already been providing virtual training uh, using Cvent platform. We use Adobe Connect to deliver that virtual training. So we do these small intimate training classes. These are training classes that people can come out with a certification at the end and uh, they might be in person three or four days. So they're a little bit longer virtually, but people can do them, um, you know, over a number of days and still get the same results. So we were already doing that. Um, so for us, it didn't feel too unfamiliar. And that's maybe one of the reasons why we were able to pivot so quickly. But we also work with the Entrato platform. Um, so Entrato was coming to our uh, large events and we were streaming our keynotes live and some of what we called our featured industry presentations live. So that people who couldn't come to the physical conference could see you know, portions of the event. So we were already doing that. Um, and when, you know, as I said, you know, our idea was how can we take this event that we do in the flesh and try to give people the same experience um, from their desktop or from their house or, you know, wherever they, wherever they are in the world, how can we make this happen for them? Um, we went to Entrato and we looked at what we could do on the platform. It's very, very robust. And so we're able to provide an almost, you know, fully virtual conference experience. There is a theater that you walk into um, and you can go into different tabs which are like different rooms. So you will have a feature and a keynote, and then you can see like a set of session rooms, a track one, track two, track three, and so forth. So it gives you that experience. Um, we're able to provide a large expo hall. Our sponsors can have a listing of their booths. When, when the person that enters the virtual expo clicks on the booth, they can go in, people are waiting there. They can chat, they can download. Um, they can, you know, they can go to a link to another virtual meeting with that sponsor. Um, we're doing prize giveaways. We've got a game that's going on called the, um, the Amazing Race that we're doing throughout the virtual conference. People get points for doing different things and there's prizes given away at the end. We have an announcement section. We have a news de desk and interview session. Uh, we have a help desk. So all of that helped to provide, you know, really a very realistic um, kind of experience that they would get from the two-day conference. In addition to that, um, we have these intense workshops on the front end of our conferences that are really personal. Um, so we chose to use Zoom for that. The Entrato platform allows for, it's, it's great for huge settings because you can have people chat answers to the people that are running the virtual um, desk at the conference and they can kind of curate those for the a keynote speaker that might be up the front of the room. And if we do have Q&A, then they can ask them on behalf of the virtual audience. Whereas when you're in a workshop in a small setting, you really want people to be able to respond immediately. Um, that's what we do over, over our Adobe Connect platform when we're using it for our virtual training. So we wanted something like that that kind of hooked in to the Entrada platform easily and we chose Zoom for that. And what we're doing is we're giving um, people with the interactive workshops, the ability to use Zoom for the speakers is just great because they can see people. Um, I think they can have up to 49 video uh, feeds coming in. Uh, they can talk to people, ask questions. People can raise their hand, make comments, open their mics. Um, they can poll from there and they can also put them in breakout rooms, which is sometimes important because in these very interactive workshops, you want to have people grouped together and discuss things and come back with solutions. 
I've been learning all about Zoom breakout rooms over the past <laughs> couple of weeks, and it's been really fun. Um, and I have to say, your events, although virtual, sound super engaging, which is really a key, I think, when you're trying to get people to pay attention and really get involved when they're sitting at home. Um, and I have to imagine there's probably some advantages that you've seen to having virtual events. What are some of those? Yeah, I think there's advantages for everybody. I mean, I think for the attendee, the advantage, well, the attendee's company maybe is the advantage is that they don't have to have travel budgets, right? So there's no air ticket, there's no hotel rooms and no food costs um, because they're doing that from home. Now, I think it's it's kind of a, you know, catch 22, right? Because that's, I think one of the things that people like about face-to-face events is the ability to get out of their daily world and to go or get on a plane and go somewhere in a completely different environment, not have all those responsibilities and in immerse themselves in kind of a learning session. It kind of freshens you and opens your brain. Um, so that's the part that people miss. But the advantage is, is we, you know, there's just not all that overhead cost for the company of sending someone to a virtual conference that they would have to pay if they were sending them physically to the event. And then for our sponsors, it's really deployment of resources. You know, they're deploying staff to go and stand in the, in the exhibit halls. They're deploying, you know, very expensive shipping and those could have costs are involved. So, um, you know, this time they have a, a, a virtual booth, so they don't have those hard costs. So those, I would say, was some of the advantage of, of a virtual event. So you're saying a, one of those virtual backgrounds in Zoom does not make you feel like you're on the beach. <laughs> <laughs> Yes. <laughs> no, it doesn't. Actually, I was in a meeting the other day with someone and I was like, what, 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 what hallway are you in? And then I'm like, wait, I recognize that hallway. That's from The Shining. <laughs> Oh, yeah. and he literally he literally dropped the shining background. I was like, that hallway looks awfully familiar. I was like, where oh, are you? That's so funny. <laughs> yes. I have to think though. So, I mean, I love the idea, but I think that we at Cvent talk about the power of live events all the time. And one of those things at these events that people love is just the networking opportunities. So how have, you, how have you figured that out? Like, how do you provide networking opportunities in a virtual conference? Yes, we have thought long and hard about how to do this. And this is some of the things that we're slowly rolling out. We had to make a huge big role in terms of, you know, what products are we going to offer different people at what levels? Because there's all different kind of access levels. One of the things we were able to do on the Entrada platform was to put people in at different access levels. You know, you can have the the all access pass, which gets you the tutorials and all of the extra goodies, you know, and then there's the conference pass that just gets you the keynotes and the sessions. And then we have a free pass, which just gives you the keynotes and some featured ITPs and the expo. Everybody gets the expo. But um, what about those other, you know, like you said, the, the other intangible things. So we came up with some really great ideas. We are actually running a morning virtual yoga class. So something to kick off your day with your uh, co-event co people is to take morning yoga. Um, something that we offer on site is called couch to couch sessions. And we have some of our experts take a seat on the couch at certain times during the day with just, you know, a loose topic. And so that's so people can, um, you know, sort of go sit with them. And sometimes it's like small groups of two or three, sometimes it's like 15, but it's just a way for people to find a casual couch and sit down with experts and chat amongst themselves. So we're going to try to provide that kind of a solution over, I think we're going to use Zoom for that. We're working on that right now. Um, and we hope to provide that kind of interaction, maybe not during those uh, four intense days of the conference, but either before or after where people can come together and uh, talk to each other and ask questions. Um, we're, we, at 
the conference, we also provide something we call the, uh, the Genius Testing Bar or the Genius Agile Bar. And what that is, is um, experts and speakers get to give us times. We put them on a calendar and then we have people come to our little experience area at the conference and sign up to meet up with an expert. So we have found out a virtual way to do that. We're working on that right now. We're actually going to use Cal Calendly um, and a combination of Zoom where we're setting up calendars with all of our experts and they're going to be providing times that are available and then we're pushing that out to our audience and they're going to be still having those opportunities after the conference to meet up with experts and just sit down with them one-on-one -on -one and ask them the questions that they want to ask. Um, on Friday of our conferences, we usually run two things, a leadership summit, a testing leadership summit uh, at our testing conference and an agile leadership summit. And then I run a day for women in testing. Um, and so both of those we're going to do separately, break them out uh, a week or so after the event, we're going to hold those. But in again, in using a tool that's more collaborative, um, because a lot of what we're doing is kind of think tank, asking questions, breaking into small groups. So we're going to provide that additional experience, um, just not over the, the big platform. Um, and then like actually tonight, our um, company is running an internal um, virtual game night and we're going to see how that goes. Um, we want to try that out with our, um, the people that we you know, our customers, but we want to run it inside first and see how that goes. Um, so that's an, another tool that we're using to get people together. We do those at the event. We have a fun game night. We go on city tours. We, um, have, you know, uh, community dinners. So we're going to try to figure out ways we can do that. Uh, also, uh, we, we do have a strong community on a regular basis. We have something called the TechWell Hub, and that is a Slack, a specific Slack instance that we have. Um, and we have about 5,000 members on there, and it's building. And those are people that are coming, again, to ask questions on a daily basis. This is if you're new to the industry and you want to learn and you've got a specific question, you can get on there and ask those questions, and someone will jump on and answer the question for you. It's broken down by content. If you're interested in security or DevOps or agile development or testing, we have channels for all of those things. So people can get in there, ask questions. Um, we also post events and things that people are doing. Um, and it's just a great way for people to communicate and interact. We also provide at least once a month um, an expert takeover, and that's someone in the industry. Uh, we do a write-up. We put them on Slack. They sit on the channel uh, for a specific length of time. People can come on and ask them questions. So we're trying to provide, again, a virtual community um, via Slack, um, and I think we do a really good job of that. You guys sound like you have a lot of fun. Especially <laughs> this game night. I want to know how this goes. I will keep you posted. I want to know how it's going to go too. You guys have some seriously cool ideas for our listeners. I mean, listen up. These are some great ideas. Like, I, love, <laughs> I love the city tour that you talked about. How cool is that? And then this genius testing bar that you guys are doing and morning yoga. Like, come on. Those are some really great ideas to get people to network while you're doing a virtual conference. Such a cool idea, Allison. I love all this. So I do want to ask you, though, if you had to leave our event professionals with just like one takeaway when it comes to being successful using a virtual model, what would it be? Would it be the morning yoga? <laughs> 
Absolutely. It's, it's, <laughs> it's a deal breaker for most people. <laughs> I, I think it would be to choose the right platform for what it is that you want to do um, with your attendees. It depends on what you're trying to bring. And like I said, we've got the, I call them the three legs of the stool, right? That's the, the attendees, the, the people that want to learn and know and grow. We've got the sponsors who want to connect with people and want to connect with businesses. Um, and then we have these like incredible speakers and industry experts. And some of them are really seasoned people and some of them are new people. They're starting out in their career. They want to talk about what they've learned. They want to share that with each other. So th those, th we, I say we can't get by without the three legs of the stool. We need each, each person. So what we looked at is what, what tools are going to make us shine in those three areas. And we, and as you can tell, we picked a variety of things, maybe not one thing that suits everybody. Intrado is like, like I said, an incredibly robust platform. And that is kind of our linchpin, but there are other things and other things that we're using. And part of that is being flexible, right? Not being tied to one thing that you're going to do um, and really brainstorm and come up with ideas about ways that you can do things differently. And I think having that kind of, um, you know, open communication with your teams, um, getting them to try to think out of the box is really helpful. Great. Really the power of the platform there. Um, so many good tools that you've suggested. And really right now our audience is just craving information. <laughs> People want to absorb anything that they can learn, any tips, tricks. Is there anything out there that you would recommend our listeners check out if they want to learn more about kind of what you're talking about here? Absolutely. I mean, I think we're doing lots of research to find out who's doing what out there in the world. I think that's always important. You always want to know what other people are doing. Um, but I think that, you know, I felt like we're, we're kind of leading the way in some ways in this respect. Um, for a lot of other people that we we see kind of coming behind us. So um, if you want to check out our event, it's called uh, Star East Virtual. And the event is um, May 5, 6 and 7. Uh, sorry, four, five, six, and seven. Four and five are the um, tutorials and workshops, and six and seven are the is the actual conference where the keynotes and all of that other great stuff happens. And then our agile DevOps virtual event is June eight, nine, ten, and eleven. Um, and then if anybody wants to find anything out about our company, just go to techwell.com and you will see links to all of the other things we do. Um, we run, you know, six large events per year. Like I said, we have the hub community. Um, we also have several community websites that are focused on testing um, and agile development practices. And we run training, a lot of training, um, both in-house, in going into someone's business and helping them directly, uh, virtually running training with them, um, and then also public events. So uh, we've got a lot of stuff, you know, our websites have resources, like thousands of articles that are written over the years that have just been uh, incredibly valuable to people in the software industry and software business. So yeah, come on over and look. Well, Allison, thank you again for your time. Thank you for joining the podcast. It's been a pleasure. Me too. I really appreciate your time as well. Thanks for everything. Hey, Brooke, uh, should we get a virtual yoga session together? Uh, no brainer. I think we definitely have to do that. It's such an awesome idea that Allison suggested. And hey, Cody, fun fact. Beyond all of this work at TechWell, did you also know that Allison is the founder of Women Who Test? It's this awesome organization for women software testers. And so for our audience, if you want to check this out, we definitely recommend it. You just go to womenwhotest.com. 
Thank you to Allison, all of our listeners for joining us this week on the How Great Events Happen podcast. And to get more episodes and exclusive content, head on over to cvent.com slash podcast. Check out the episode description for a link to additional resources about virtual events. And if anyone out there is also handling event shifts to virtual or postponing and have tips or tricks that you'd like to share, please let us know by emailing us at podcast at cvent.com. We would love to have you on the show. And you guys, before you know it, we're going to have another great episode. So we'll talk to you then. Bye. Bye.